The enemy studies and he stalks you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what will get you off balance. He doesn't have to turn you upside down. All he has to do is off balance you. That's the key in, in grappling arts to throw somebody. It's to simply off balance them just a little bit. And then everything else comes easy. So Satan studies you. What are your weaknesses? What do you know that if the enemy gets to you, he's going to nail you? Boom, boom, boom. Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. In this live message coming out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Victor tackles the reality of spiritual warfare head on, as scripture reveals that our weapons in this battle are not physical, and our power and strength come from God alone. Join us as we explore what it looks like to break free from the spiritual strongholds in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Here's Victor Marks with part one of Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Well, we are in Vegas, and we're going to talk about how to win, but in the realm of spiritual warfare. Anybody ever engage in spiritual warfare? Raise your hand. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul is going to outline for us a little bit about spiritual warfare, what it takes to win. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3 in the Marine Corps Bible. For although, no, I'm joking. Uh, for although we're walking in the flesh, we don't wage war in a fleshly way. Since the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Let's focus on this word stronghold. You know, it's actually only found one time in the New Testament, and Paul here is using it metaphorically as a description of Christians' spiritual battle. It is so important that we all agree that we're in spiritual battle. I'll tell you, I know Christians that don't really believe in spiritual battle. They think, oh, well, you know, it's just the nature of man. And I understand the nature of man is a huge problem because we're sinful by nature. Amen? Uh, our first baby, we got five. But our first child... We waited six weeks before I think we even brought her to church because, you know, it's just like we want to protect her. And, and we really insulated her. And then, you know, there was one day we were in there and she was a little bit bigger and someone else brought their baby. And uh, we got our baby. And their child had this little toy, a little rattler, shaker thing. And uh, our daughter reached over and grabbed it and started pulling on it. And we're like, no, honey, let go. And it was kind of an awkward moment, right? Like, oh, that's cute. And two parents are kind of holding the kids. And they're fighting. My daughter finally ripped it out of the girl's hand and then goes, pack, and smacked her right in the face. Her mom was completely freaked out. The baby's crying. She got this, you know, and 
I hand the child over to my wife. <laughs> no, it didn't help. We were teaching martial arts at the time either. Because, you know, anytime our child hits somebody, it's always like, you know, violence in the family. Like, no, our family's violent without martial arts. We don't have to claim that. But do you see that the very nature of our daughter was greed, selfish, me, mine, want, and if you don't like it, smack. <laughs> so that's our nature, pretty much, just our nature. But there's something that we battle against that's more than just our flesh. It is uh, demonic. And whenever I start mentioning demonic warfare, the devil, people either will close their ears and say, or I tend to find they will get afraid. Like if I mention the name Satan or the devil or Lucifer. <laughs> I've spoken to people like, shh, oh, shh, don't summon him. <laughs> it's, it's like he's going to come up. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. He's here already, or at least his demons. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's what I tell people. You're engaged in spiritual warfare whether you like it or not. And I think by and large... We're, we, most people, certainly those who don't know Christ, are losing the battle. Uh, you can see it. We, we were over at Biagio's, uh, oh wait, is that the name of it? What, well, Biagio's? Biagio's, what? <laughs> Cajun trying to speak Italian. <laughs> but you know, we, we watched the, when we walked outside, we watched just the masses of people on the strip, right? And doesn't your heart break? Because they're something, something. I think, well, the enemy, what a mousetrap he has set in Las Vegas, pulling. And then, I mean, the very fact that recently y'all have the slogan here called what? What is it? What happens? Oh, what happens in the stage? Yeah. Okay. No, that's not true. <laughs> but do you see how the enemy, who I believe has such a hand in marketing sin, marketing hurting souls, marketing division of families, right? All of it. It's real. Well, I like this passage because it reveals a few things. First, that our battle is not fought the same way the world fights. Second, our weapons, they're simply not physical. It does not matter how intense or good you are in certain areas physically. You will not be able to effectively win the battle spiritually if you're trying it in the flesh. Number three, it shows us that our power and strength comes from God alone. Alone. And let me speak to that. You know, I've got a friend... I hadn't talked to him in a, in a long time, but he was, uh, he was in the military because I've loved working with military, especially my early career in martial arts and, and training. But this guy, he was a professional soldier. I mean, he knew how to hunt the bad guys and get them. And uh, he ended up getting out of the military, and he was a, a special forces guy. And then he went into ministry. I thought, ooh, this is good. And he had such a heart to reach troubled, hard kids. And, uh, and he started engaging in that. 
And he started using his own methodology and strategy and, uh, with, and he started decreasing using the Lord's strength and his power. And then guess what ended up happening? Well, he saw the failure in churches. He saw the, the backside of Christianity. He started just losing. He took his eyes off the Lord, right? And then he ended up getting out of ministry. And then, you know, he said, well, I'm going to do what I know best. And he ended up being a contract, firepower, and he went back overseas. And, uh, and I asked him, I said, I got to know why. I mean, what was the main thing that made you get off of what you knew God was calling you to do? You know what he said? I heard the enemy whisper to me that if I didn't stop doing this, he was going to hurt my kids. And he said, I'm, nobody's going to hurt my kids. And I looked at him and said, are you kidding me? You negotiated with the devil? He is a liar. He is known as the father of lies. Why in the world would you try to negotiate with him? And uh, it was too late. He went back and it's sad to say, but guess what? He and his wife are divorced. Uh, he has horrible, strained relationships with his children. And he ended up getting an affair with a, I believe she's a Muslim in another country. I just go, hence the end result. You cannot, my friend, negotiate with the enemy. When he whispers, when he taunts, when he tries to bring fear, you cannot. What does the Bible say about fear? That God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now be honest, be honest. How many of you have ever struggled with fear, say, in the last year? Raise your hand. Look around, bunch of chickens. Okay? <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with being a chicken, okay? Uh, <laughs> as my dad once told me, he was a bouncer for 27 years, and uh, I was like, Dad, you know, uh, man, I was getting ready to get in a fight, and I got just all nervous. I felt like a chicken. He says, well, that'll keep you alive, boy. <laughs> he said, if you're ever yawning before you go into a combative situation, that's the day you're going to get killed. He said, but you don't ever want to be a coward. And a coward is someone who just locks up and does nothing or runs but leaves their family in harm's way. Right? Don't hit me. Here's my wife. <laughs> so cowards, we don't want to be. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. It is his power that we use in warfare. Number four, God's plan is to demolish spiritual strongholds. That's his plan. Well, what is a stronghold or fortification? Paul interprets the metaphor in verse 5. It's arguments, philosophies, reasonings, schemes of this world. Do you know and do you actually believe that when I use the word the devil, I'm, I'm speaking of, of him, but his army that he uses of fallen angels. Because you know that's what happened, right? Satan fell from heaven. What happened? The Bible says he took a third of the angels with him. And when they failed, they became demons. And that's who he uses to does, do his bidding. But I believe this with all my heart. 
that Satan studies and stalks us, each believer. And you know, when I got saved, all of a sudden, women started coming after me. I was just telling my wife that the other day, we were laughing, I said, I would have to chase women and still couldn't get them. The moment I get saved, women start coming out everywhere. I was like, no, I know this is you, devil. <laughs> the enemy studies and he stalks you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what will get you off balance. He doesn't have to turn you upside down. All he has to do is off balance you. That's the key in, in grappling arts to throw somebody. is to simply off balance them just a little bit. And then everything else comes easy. So Satan studies you. What are your weaknesses? What do you know that if the enemy gets to you, he's going to nail you? Boom, boom, boom. Single people? Is it loneliness? Hey, these are some of the times the enemy attacks the greatest. One of them is when you're lonely. And, I mean, you can be married and be lonely. Not the way God designed it. He, he wants marriage to be amazing, adventurous thing. But single people... I see it, my heart breaks because the enemy starts whispering. If you're lonely, it's because you're no good. There's no value in you. You'll never. Whatever. He's such a liar. Such a liar. But loneliness, when he starts working that, oh, you'll do just about anything to escape the pain of loneliness. Right? I'll tell you. The Bible says you're never alone. If you know Jesus Christ, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I know, I get it. You're like, yes, yes, Victor, but I need God with some skin on, you know. <laughs> hey, in your singleness, let this be a time for God, for you to develop a, a relationship with him that's so unique you'll never have this opportunity again. Because when you get married, your life becomes easier. Thank you. Cue the laughter. <laughs> but isn't that funny seeing people, if I just, if I just have a ring on it. Actually, Beyonce, she had about half right in that song saying, put a ring on it. I tell, I tell guys, uh-uh, my dad was a pimp. He had plenty of rings. You make him put a ring on it and say, I do. But single people, you think if I can just get a hookup for the night, it will make me feel better. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. If that was the case, the most fulfilled, content people in the world would be hookers. <laughs> Prostitutes. I'm not being mean. I'm just speaking. Don't shout me down. Am I speaking the truth? Yeah. My dad used to run women. When we lived in Honolulu with a martial arts school, I used to go down to the strip and witness to women. Don't worry, I had permission from my wife. No, it's not like I had a mission. But I felt like the Lord said, because we had a big martial arts academy and fitness center. I used to go down, the girls would be working, and I would present them with a nice certificate of a full six-month membership, full ride, boom, come in. We had the largest martial arts school in Hawaii at the time. And, uh, you know, at first it was kind of hard to break in because they're used to Christians being so... 
trying to hit him over the head with the law and, you know, he wretched sinner. I was like, what, you don't, you don't think she knows? Give me a break. And I would say, hey, don't you bring me that. I said, bye, bye, you don't know me, girl. I said, my dad used to run women. Listen, I got something free for you. <laughs> what? I said, here's a membership to our martial arts and fitness academy. You know the one on the World Warehouse, Business Corner? Yeah. You lying. That's yours? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm going to give you a membership. What's, what's the angle? There is no angle. I said, you got to take care of your body, right? That's your old, that's how you make your money. You got that right. I said, you could probably learn a little bit of self-defense. Some of these guys get crazy. You want to be able to, ah. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. I said, come on in. And they would. They would come in. And it'd be funny. Y'all heard of fitness kickboxing? Y'all heard that? My wife founded that, right? She's former Miss Fitness USA. And that's, you know, our superpowers connected. Martial arts in form of, blah. And here we are, you guys. She said, we have huge, I mean, packed. And these gals would come in, and it was great. I mean, it was great. They'd be working out. Guess what? The only people that complained was a little group of Christian women. i never forget. They, they formed a little posse. They're like, we think there's a prostitute that works out in the... You know, they've got diseases and all kind of stuff. They're sweat. We, we do not want them in here. i never forget. Me and my wife were all, well... We want them in here. Because our goal is to seek and save that which is lost. That's what Jesus told us to do. So either you've got to get compassion in your heart and love or leave. And they left. And we're like, blessed subtraction. <laughs> I never forget though when one of them girls specifically came into the dojo one time, walked up and she's, I was sitting down, she walks up, she goes, well, okay, what you going to do, Christian man? I'm going to get off the street. I was like, oh. She goes, I need a place to stay and food to eat. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting down, and I'm like, uh, let me make a phone call. <laughs> like a lifeline. I don't know the answer. <laughs> I called my wife and said, hey, honey, <laughs> Trixie's down here. Uh, that was her name, Trixie. Her stage name. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, hey, she said, uh, she, she won't get off the street. There's a place food to eat. Mm. I got the most godly wife. She says, you bring her home. No, we brought her home, boy. We pray. We have people praying for us. Because it's hard having a girl right off the street so fresh. And she's rough. I mean, you know how many times we walk in the room and our little, you know, 10-year-old daughter is going what does this mean when they were like, oh, 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 come here, come here, come here. No, don't say those words. That's not. Trixie, don't promise that girl. But she was just rough. And, you know, every week my wife would invite her to church. She's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Because that's for good people. And she's not good. And we told her, none of us are good. Our righteousness is as filthy rags to God. Just some of us make it look better than others. And one day she went to church. And this poor girl, whoo, she was sweating it up. She came and she sat down and she just, 
I thought, man, I hope she doesn't have a heart attack. <laughs> and you know what? When they gave an altar call, she looks over at my wife. She says, I'll go down there if you go with me. And she did. And that girl gave her life to Christ. We were able to pour into her and then restore a relationship with her and her parents back east. And she ended up flying back home. You guys, what does God want to do in and through you here in your town? What's off limits to you? Nothing. If God, now, wait a minute. Men, look at me. I, I don't want to get no email from your wife saying, uh, thank you. My husband now thinks he has a ministry to prostitutes. <laughs> and he keeps bringing them home. <laughs> no, just, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> Good night. But a lot of times we hear stuff like that. Oh, this is great. I want to be using you, Lord. But there are areas in our life that we're not having victory and therefore we can't go to that next level. Does that make sense? Because the enemy has you in bondage. I mean, how many of you did the enemy lie to and says, because of your past, you can never. What does the Bible say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, all things have become new. The old has passed away. I know this. One of the biggest lies the enemy tells Christians is, well, you know what happened. You had an abortion. You killed a child in you. You're a murderer. Hey, let me tell you what. He's a murderer. And if you've been forgiven, then the Bible says... The blood that Jesus shed on the cross washes it all away. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time, 